Is if I catch you when the sun is down, run it, clown. Come up off that. I'm gon' gun it down. Run it down. However strong go, it's gon' be that. See that? That shit don't finish you, dog. Believe that. Where we at? Do you value your life as much as your possessions? Don't be a stupid nigga. Learn a lesson. I'm gon' get you either way, and it's better to live. Let me get what's in your sock, cause it's better to give, to receive. Believe what I say when I tell you. Don't make me put you somewhere where nobody can smell you. And when the light is out, they don't come back on. But see the flick, they don't come back on. Great that strong. Knew it was wrong. But you asked for it, baby. Use a pink, a ski mask for it, baby. So I can hit you up on front seat. To get dumb sweet, one heat, one deep, leaving behind. One sleep. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Rob Genius Podcast. Uh, I usually lead off with the music, but I'm leading off with me talking because <laughs> I need to throw in a little disclaimer here this week. Um, this week, uh, the music is coming from DMX, and <laughs> well, any of y'all that's familiar with DMX knows how he gets down as far as a lot of the, the lyrics and such. But, you know, I usually try to keep things a little cleaner here. <laughs> but, you know, given the news about, you know, DMX and all, um, I figured this was a fitting week to play stuff from him. So, you know, look, we're hoping and praying that you know, the miracle happens and he comes back from this. But... You know, either way, I just felt it was fitting to do a little tribute to him here. And so we're going to talk about him a good bit this week. And got a little bit about uh, NCAA basketball and Law & Order SVU. So we're going to you know, get into all of that and... You know, with that, we'll move along. So, consider yourself warned. <laughs> uh, you know, DMX, his music is an experience, <laughs> to say nothing else. Um, and it's one of those things where if you haven't heard him in a while and you, you've forgotten, it's like a really <laughs> stark wake-up call <laughs> when you hear some of what he says. But anyway... Um, we're going to go forward, we're going to get into that, and then we're going to get into the show. So, to lead us in properly, here is one, DMX. Shit I be talking about, half-rapping ass motherfuckers, you think it's a game? You think it's a fucking game? Come on! Just how a nigga feels. I shed blood for my people that are 
I'll keep you looking see-through If ever you try to creep through stuff I didn't get to last week because the show was already packed and um, Law and Order SVU <laughs> last week not not this past Friday but the fr I mean Thursday but the Thursday before saw the return of Elliot Stabler to Law and Order SVU and well he was there for that one episode to set up the spinoff that he is starring in like a, a law and order organized crime or something yeah so <laughs> I've said before I've tweeted before that you know Elliot Stabler is like one of the most badly aged characters in television history because I mean, when he was a regular on SVU, he got rough with suspects, criminal, you know, actual criminals, etc. And that was well, that ended. He left. Chris Maloney left the show right before, like literally, almost right before, maybe a year or two before. Mike Brown got killed in Ferguson, and you know, and, and uh, the um, you know, Black Lives Matter became a thing, and marches and all of that stuff. Right, so that character mm -hmm. vanished from television <laughs> at probably the absolute perfect time, because man, that would not have played well at all in the, you know, with the backdrop of all of that going on. And, look, they would have either had to, you know, write the character out anyway, some kind of way, or they would have had to, you know, do some instant, you know, conversion, and, and that would have sucked. It wouldn't, it, it just wouldn't have been believable. So instead, you know... Christopher Maloney left the show, and the way they wrote him out, or just, they said, that Sabler just left. That he, you know, uh, I forgot what season it was, but, you know, the season premiere, they said, well, Elliot turned in his papers, and he's out of here. Well, which is what they had to do, because Chris Maloney, I, think his, I guess his contract was up, and you know, they didn't agree on a new one or whatever, so, you know, he, he didn't come back to do, like, a goodbye episode, and, you know, I don't blame him for doing that, because, look, I don't work for free either, right, or I'm not coming back for a one-off if I've already moved on to a job or whatever, right, so, for all those years, he was just gone, and, I, and you know, then last week, came back, and for, for y'all SVU fans, you know, you know, we love us some Benson and Stabler. <laughs> and 
you know, seeing them back together, I mean, the, the magic was back immediately. And Olivia, you know, aired him out like he deserved because, I mean, he literally just vanished for years, didn't say nothing to her. And, you know, they, I mean, they were partners all that time and everything. And if it was like a real workplace, everyone would have assumed, everyone would just, would just assume that they had been like hooking up or whatever, right? I mean, that's how close of a relationship they had as partners in the forest and all of that. So, yeah, I mean, to just disappear? No, man. <laughs> yeah, you go, you go, you go hear something about that. Yeah, so she rightfully let him have it. And but now, you know, he's back now. Got his own show. And it, um, I'd say just the whole dynamic there between the characters and us and the show and us. It's just one of those kind of fascinating things because, you know, we've heard the term copaganda, right? Which is basically just kind of a label thrown at TV shows, movies, whatever, that paint the police in a good light and make, you know, where the police are like, you know, the heroes of the story and all of that stuff. And it's been labeled, you know, copaganda because just with all the stuff we've been seeing revealed about the police, right? Um, there's a lot of bad stuff, right? And, and look, it, it might make these things look, shows and movies and whatnot, look a little weird for you. Well, by looking at it like this, um, these are fictional characters. They are, you know, well-written and well-acted fictional characters. Um, we as viewers didn't get attached to Elliot Stabler because he's a policeman. You know, we didn't fall for his partner, Olivia Benson, because she's a policewoman. Or the other characters on the show, you know, that detective... Tuola, you know, played by Ice-T, right, we didn't, right, I mean, it's the humanity that people show in the characters and through the characters, and ultimately, look, it's kind of wish fulfillment too, right, I mean, we wish that all police were like, well, not Stabler, <laughs> but, you know, we wish that you know, police were more. Police were like, you know, Olivia Benson and Detective Tutuola, and uh, you know all the other good cops that have been on TV and in movies. Right? We wish more police were like them. So I mean, is well, and you know what? That just means basically the dynamic has shifted. <clears throat> right it in the real world we used to believe and assume that most policemen were like you know 
Detective Benson and Tutuola and you know, you know Renee Montoya from Batman and Commissioner Gordon, right? We used to think, believe, and almost assume that most police were like that. So now it's kind of a fantasy and a wish fulfillment, you know, that most police were like that. Because we've seen that a whole lot of them aren't. And then there are a whole lot of others who don't condone the bad stuff, but don't really do much anything about it. Right, so we found that's the reality of police forces. That way too many of them are the opposite of what we used to believe and now what we hope and wish for. So for me, I mean, I can watch, so yes, I can watch Law and Order, you know, through that prism. And like ultimately, like superhero stuff, right? I mean, most superhero story arcs or at least a lot of them they go from kind of vigilante acting on their own and then somewhere along the way they become basically de facto agent of the state even if it's like off the books or unofficially or whatever right I mean Batman takes to the street on his own in the beginning and then over time, he forms a relationship with Commissioner Gordon to the point where Gordon is, like, calling him, right? So Batman eventually becomes, you know, an unemployed contractor, <laughs> you could say, of the Gotham City Police Department. You know, the Avengers, you know, eventually become... You know, in, in part of Shield or affiliated with Shield, and which means that they're in cahoots with mainly the American government, but other governments also. And yeah, like when you know Thanos shows up, that kind of gets thrown out the window. But you know, when it's time to go hunt down Hydra people, they're they're essentially acting on behalf of the government, right? I mean, same with Justice League, right? Superman starts out just being Superman, doing good deeds and saving people's lives and all that stuff. Superman eventually, you know, begins working in concert with the U.S. military and whatnot, right? So, with a lot of these stories, we are ultimately, you know, taking in what you could call propaganda, right? For police, for the military, you know, those two things in particular. Or, you know, if it's a court show, you might... You know, it might be the DA's office, right? I mean, with a show about, like, Veep or something, then it's politicians, right? So, I mean, like, it's just, we're adults here, right? And I don't think you need to go through a bunch of mental anguish because you like, you know, Law and Order or you like Chicago PD. Or you used to like Hill Street Blues way back in the day, right? Or, you know, or whatever, right? But, I mean, you know what? To, to wrap it up here, 
controversial as it may be, it was good to see, you know, Benson and Stabler back together on television. So, yay! Good times, good things. Back in a minute. Listen, this is what you hear it, listen. This is what you hear it, listen. X gon' give it to you. Fuck wait for you to get it on your own. X gon' deliver to you. Knock, knock, open up the door to smell. With the non-stop pop out and stainless steel. Go hard getting busy with it. But I got such a good heart that I make the motherfucker wonder if you did it. Damn right, and I'll do it again. Yeah, I am like so I got to win. Break bread with the enemy. No matter how many cats I break bread with, I break who you sending me. You motherfuckers never wanna know what your life saved. And that's on a light day I'm giving down, down Like a nigga said freeze But won't be the one Ending up on his knees Bitch please If the only thing you can't steal Was came out the play Stay out my way Motherfucker we gonna rock Then we gonna roll Then we let it pop Don't let it go X gon' give it to ya He gon' give it to ya X gon' give it to ya He gon' give it to ya First we gonna rock Then we gonna roll Then we let it pop Don't let it go X gon' give it to ya He gon' give it to ya all right, gonna do a little advertising slash self promotion here. Uh, one, I started a second Twitter account. It's called Genius Content. Genius. G E N I U S underscore content. C O N T E N T. And what I'm using that for, I'm using that to promote everything I do. So, obviously, if you're listening to me now, you don't need a you you know how to you know get hold of the podcast. But I run game videos on my YouTube channel, which I will post links to there. Um, you know, I like run simulations of. WWE matches, and I also, you know, if I'm, I occasionally go live playing Fall Guys or Uno, right, and, um, you know, the video will be there, or Star Wars Squadrons, right, so if I do that, you know, those videos will be there, and sometimes I do like quick reaction videos to things like I've done for done one for a couple of pay-per-views wrestling pay-per-views I just did one for the first half of Falcon and Winter Soldier alright I do that you know because sometimes I don't feel like writing a whole big piece about something or it's not time to write about something or you know I just you know if I can say it in five minutes in a video then I'll do that rather than write like 2,000 words sometimes. Depends. But anyway, I will, I'm going to put links to my YouTube channel there. Again, it, the, the name of the Twitter account is Genius Content, G E N I U S underscore C O N T E N T. And I'm going to put links to the podcast there also links to the articles I write. So I'm just doing all kinds of stuff now. Right. The, 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 the COVID pandemic has unlocked the all of the creative juices that I have. 
So I'm going with it. So I got to promote it. <laughs> so please, if you are on Twitter, follow me there. Genius Content. G-E-N-I-U-S underscore C-O-N-T-E-N-T. But that's not all I'm plugging here. All right. Because as if you you all know, I have said before that I've been on the Mindless Musings podcast. I, that's become more of a regular thing now. So you can go find me there talking pro wrestling with my man DJ and our man Jason. You can find me there. Um, this week, I was also on Chair Shot Radio. Have not been on there in a while. With uh, Ray Cash, who you heard Ray here. So I'm going on there with him. And I, by the time you're listening to this, that episode will have been recorded. And hopefully it'll be available by now. So just got a lot of stuff going on here. And, you know, WrestleMania is here this weekend. So a lot of this stuff is revolving around that. So please do. Go. If, if you like what I do here, right, if you like hearing my voice and all that kind of thing, then there are other places you can hear me. So check those out. And with that, I think I do not have anything else to plug. Oh, well, if you... Oh, yeah. Well, actually, you know what? Matter of fact, I do. <laughs> At my website, robsagenius.com. All one word, robsagenius.com. I got a review of the Godzilla movie. I got a review of WandaVision. I got a review of Zack Snyder's Justice League. If you like to read rather than listen, there's some stuff for me there. Also got some some wrestling commentary also. So a lot there to get into. If you know, if you like me, you like what I do, and you're riding with me, then there are a whole lot of other places you can find a seat. <laughs> and I hope that you do. And like I don't mean obviously, I don't expect anybody to take it all in. All right. That's, I mean, people who, you know, do the full spectrum of content creation, I don't think they expect you, or at least they shouldn't expect you, to take in everything, right? I don't expect you to read the website and listen to me here and watch all the videos and listen to me when I'm on somebody else's show. I don't expect you to do all of that, but I hope you just do a little bit, right? I hope you do, because listen, right? We do this stuff because we like doing it, yes. But we do want y'all to listen, and we do want y'all to read it, and we do want y'all to watch the videos, okay? Yes, we absolutely do want you all to do all of that. Even though we do it because we love doing it, we absolutely want y'all to do it. To, to take it in, and we want y'all to like it, too, okay? Look, if people tell you that they don't give a damn what people think about what they do, they lying. Okay? They lying. The worst thing, the worst, the worst thing. You know, you put all this labor into something, and then nobody watches it, or nobody reads it, nobody listens, nobody cares. That sucks. I mean, I, look, it, that's that's worse than actually people telling you that your stuff sucks, because if they tell you it sucks, at least they watched it, or they read some of it, or they listened to some of it, they paid some kind of attention to what you're doing. If they tell you it sucks. 
if don't nobody say nothing, then that means they're not paying attention. So yes, I'm, I'm plugging everything. However, you prefer to take in stuff from me. Go to the venue of choice of your preference, and I hope you enjoy it. And with that, gonna move along here, and gonna say a few words about DMX. He's the musical guest for this week, and. Y'all probably heard by now he went to the hospital over the weekend for OD and so I'm gonna have a few things to say about him and his career after this. This is a beat that I can freak and just drop the rail. Bless a nigga with the L. Y'all niggas know my skills. X from the grill. Get them up. Split them up. Wet them up. Watch them come. Get them up. Shut them up. When they do dirt, you get dirt. Bitch, I make your shit hurt. Step back like I did work. Say no fucking game. You think I'm playing? Can you land? To where the junkyards are can? Moms at home praying? To coming home, but you not. You're sitting up in the trunk, starting to rap. And the hell is hot, though, because I'm here now, baby. It's going down, baby. Get the four pound, baby. And let off up in the nigga. Especially if he think he bigger. Get my motherfucking trigger. Did I? Can I get my? Is it gone? Do you represent my one time? Now we're back. And we're going to do a little college basketball here for a few minutes. Because of the NCAA men's and women's championships for this week and I actually watched the men's championship game for the first time in a very long time the last time I remember really watching a championship game and sitting through it all the way was uh, Butler and UConn don't remember how long ago that was exactly but well, the reason I stopped kind of fell off watching college basketball is just um, the game itself isn't as good as it was and yeah I mean I know I'm sounding like get off my lawn guy there but what I mean is that it's just it's not as aesthetically pleasing right it's sloppier and offenses you know I don't know if they're actually scoring more or less points I mean I don't know because I haven't really tracked it but it's not as that it's just not as pleasing to watch. Alright, because and there's a reason for that, because the most talented players don't stay very long. And you know, the top schools don't load up on the most talented players the way they used to. I mean, to be blunt, the game is more entertaining when you have more guys playing who can jump high and dunk and block shots into the third row and can sky over people for rebounds and can run up and down the floor you know like a gazelle right I mean the game is more fun to watch when you have more guys who can do that kind of thing and there aren't as many of those guys sticking around as there used to be there aren't as many of those guys playing on the same team as there used to be there aren't any, as many of those guys going to college even as there used to be, right? And they're just not so. They're just fewer of them there, fewer of them staying, fewer of them playing together, right? Um, 
so you don't get you know a third year player who is an NBA level talent right you don't see too many of those or not as many right I mean you just don't so I mean the quality of the game has suffered and because of that you know I just kind of fell off watching now I didn't do like some you know wrestling quote unquote fans do I didn't you know I don't go on Twitter all day and scream and holler about how bad the game is and you know and also I don't like hate watch college basketball but I'm not going to do that I just don't watch it like I used to and I don't, well, I don't watch the NBA like I used to either and that's you know um, because well the players who I kind of came of age with as a fan are gone and it's just I don't have I just the connection between me and the, and the current generation of players just didn't happen didn't become a thing right I mean I came up as a fan with Jordan and Patrick Ewing Charles Barkley and Stockton and Malone you know and then into you know Shaq and Kobe and then ultimately on the tail end LeBron all right. So you know, I mean, I had relationship. I had a fan, had a relationship as a fan with those players. Even though, look, I don't know any of those guys, right? But yeah, I, as a fan, I had a relationship with those players. And now they're all gone, and I just, you know, it, it got to the point where I just got, you know, just. It's not the same. You, you never have the same relationship with certain things. Certain things in entertainment, right? It, it just never is magical later as it is when you were first kind of growing into your fandom or growing up as a fan, right? There's a magic to that that just doesn't get duplicated later, right? It can happen in spurts here and there. But just like the everyday magic, no. Right? I mean, like, look the 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 original Star Wars trilogy is my Star Wars trilogy. There's a magic with those three movies, and a lot of that magic is because I was the kid when I saw them. Right? Um, You know, there's a certain magic to playing you know Madden football when I was in college with all my boys and we played all the time you know and we would be up in the dorm all night playing right there's a certain magic to that that when I have tried to play Madden football in recent years it just isn't there and that doesn't mean that the game is that video game is better or worse, but it's just not there. So for me, you know, I kind of, I lost the relationship with NBA players. And because of that, you know, once the college game changed, there wasn't much of an incentive to keep watching. There wasn't much of an enthusiasm to keep watching. 
and part of the enthusiasm of watching college basketball was seeing, you know, guys do something before they went to the NBA, right? Seeing, look, I mean, I saw Patrick Ewing win at Georgetown, and then I saw Patrick Ewing win for the Knicks, right? I mean, that was just a, and now, you know, it was a joy to hear about Patrick Ewing and Georgetown getting to the tournament this year, right? I mean, right, that's a relationship with one player that has spanned almost 40 years, right? Um, And that's part of, you know, for fans like me, that was part of the magic of college basketball. Now, I never said that. I was never one of those people who thought that, well, the college game is better because the players work harder and they're more about the team. They're, no. No. That, that was not me. I was never that guy. But. It was a lot more fun to when, you know, Vince Carter staying for three years and doing Vince Carter three things for three years at North Carolina made for a more enjoyable college basketball experience for as a fan. Like, you know, the Fab Five going to Michigan together and playing together made for a more watchable, more pleasing college basketball game. Right? I mean, even Duke, I hated Duke. But Duke at their absolute peak, you know, when the Christian Leitner teams had as many as six or seven guys who were, who at least have a cup of coffee in the NBA, right? It means they were better players. It means they're more talented players. They're better athletes. And having them there together for three and four years made for a better college basketball viewing experience. And now, I mean, you wouldn't have that now, right? I mean, Christian Leitner wouldn't have stayed four years. Grant Hill stayed four years. Would not have happened. That would not happen now. Grant Hill would have been gone after a year. Christian Leitner maybe after a second year. Um, okay, I mean, Chris Weber left Michigan after two years. He probably would have left after a freshman year now. And so have Jalen Rose and Jawan Howard. Um, Patrick Ewing stayed four years at Georgetown. John Thompson told him to leave after the third year. And he stayed for the fourth anyway. Now, um, he would have left after the freshman year when when they lost to North Carolina in the championship game. He would have left. And John Thompson would have been telling him to leave. So, it's just different now. But now, the flip side to it is that it's overall a better situation for the players because the players are not trapped in an arrangement that worked out really great for a few of them but was uncertain for many more and was just no go for the rest of them. Right, I mean, the previous system where 
you didn't well I mean, you weren't mandated by rule to stay three years but where it's kind of an unofficial thing where guys just stayed that long because it was believed that that was the best thing to do um that system was fine for Patrick Ewing and for Grant Hill and Christian Leitner and Vince Carter. Okay. I mean, it was fine for those guys. For Michael Jordan, you know, for Kareem, Magic, you know. That system or kind of implied, not official rules, but kind of almost gentleman's agreement between everyone involved that, you know, the college coaches would not push them, would not, you know, encourage them to leave early. And then the NBA would not encourage them to leave early either. So on both ends, you know, you didn't have a whole lot of encouragement to leave early. Right. Well, that, again, that was good. It was always good for the coaches. It was always good for the schools. But it was only good for the players, for a fraction of the players. So now what's there now is better for the player that they are not beholden to some, you know, kind of tradition basically to stay for three years, right? And, and not get anything while they're there or, and look, the NCAA could have done something about this really like. They could have, you know, made some provision to give these guys some money. Because plenty of them would stay if they just had some money. Right? I mean, a lot of these guys are broke while they're there. And you're, you know, and... Basically, you have to choose between you take some money under the table, risk getting caught and kicked out, or you're just broke for three years. You know, now, I mean, with the internet and everything now, you know, guys, it's a lot easier to get caught cheating now. And back in the day, back in the, you know, the, the old UCLA days, you know, they had Sam Gilbert, right? <laughs> for those of you who don't know, Sam Gilbert was a very enthusiastic supporter of the UCLA athletic department and often showed that support by way of giving players money, which he wasn't supposed to, right? And he did that for years, and he got away with it. And now, you know, people years later, you know, joke about, you know, Sam Gilbert, you know, the bag man for UCLA, right? And, but, you know, do that now. A lot harder to keep that in the wraps. So basically, for a lot of these kids, it's a, it's a situation where they we're telling them to be broke for two years, three years, four years. You know, with the with the hope or the promise that well they'll just get their money in the NBA. But of course, ninety percent of the players, more than ninety percent of the players, don't get to the NBA. And of that 90 some percent who don't a lot of those guys are kind of hopeful NBA players 
and a lot of those hopefuls don't get there. So, you know, you're making they're making sacrifices as a player. Um for something that may never they may never get on the back end. And for that, you know, they should get something while they're there. And the NCAA could have done that. They chose not to. So now we are where we are, where players rightfully made the best decision for them which is to not stay there for three and four years if they don't have to and you can't blame them but of course the downside to that is as a fan uh yeah, I mean, as a fan, it just, again, it makes for a less fun to watch college basketball product, which basically means we got to choose, right, as people, what's more important to us, right? I mean, ultimately, all that matters is that, you know, the NCAA makes enough money to keep the lights on and keep, to keep the sports going, right? It doesn't matter. Whether or not they're making some super huge profits isn't and doesn't isn't much a matter, right? And as fans who say that we care about the players, you know, do we just adapt? We should. We should adapt. You adapt to the fact that for college basketball, the best guys aren't going to be there as long. Okay. And, you know, you accept that and you go on. Or you should. Or just be honest and say you don't care and you just want a better basketball thing to watch. Which is, I mean, my position is I do care about the players um, enough to not want them to be stuck in that exploitative system like that. So I want them to be able to do what's best for them. But at the same time, them doing what's best for them means that college basketball isn't as fun to watch for me. So I don't really watch it that much. But I'd rather the players be able to do what's best for them that's more important than me having college basketball to watch that I find more pleasing to watch. Right? I mean, just kind of is what it is. Just something to think about. And we'll be back in a minute. All right. And uh, as you can hear, I am walking outside for this part of the show. You can hit the birds, you can hit the trucks. And uh, it's warmer now, springtime and all. Figured I would take the show outside like I did a year ago a bunch of times. Just, you know, add an element of realness because, you know, here at the Rob the Genius Podcast, we like to keep it real. So 
we're gonna take it outside so you can get some real sounds <laughs> no actually i'm just i'm going for my morning walk and i had some ideas of stuff to say <laughs> so i figured i would just say it while i'm walking before i forget yes children when you get to be 46 years old when you get ideas you better go with them while they're in your head because <laughs> if you sit around too long yeah you forget <laughs> anyway so now i just think about dmx actually uh because as i'm recording this the prognosis ain't too good now miracles happen and you know we can ask and pray for a miracle and we do that and we hope for a miracle we do that but it's called miracle for a reason it doesn't happen that often so but still i mean even when things look the worst you hope for the best right i think that's the way you should live right be realistic yeah but as long as there's a chance then you hope for the best outcome and that's what we're doing with dmx and hopefully i won't have to re-record this before the week's over right and make it a tribute you know an art you know that kind of thing but just to say a few things about him i mean he came along during the 90s and at a point where my kind of rap fandom was at the peak and was about to start heading in the other direction um, so I you know didn't buy any DMX albums but I heard all the hits you know and well I mean he was as a as a rapper as a performer he was something else and You know, it's just this energy. That's the best way to describe him, right? I mean, I mean, yeah, he was technically proficient as a, or you know, as a rapper, right? He can rap. That's not the question. But he was always his thing was always more performing and just energy up on stage watching him on stage, watching the energy, just the fire he brought to performing was something else, right? There's a clip that's been going around, in fact, I tweeted it out myself, of him on stage at Woodstock 99, I believe, outdoors, and just this huge crowd of people, and just everybody's up and jumping, and Right, and even, I mean, and this is kind of the, the, the peak, you know, commercial level for rap music. I mean, we're at the point now, they were at the point then where, you know, if you were a rapper and you were hot, you, you know, you went platinum easy. 
right? It was that point. And where, yeah, where it just, yeah, I mean, if you got hot at all, you went platinum. Like, what, nothing. Back then. And rap was getting played all over MTV. Back when MTV played music. <laughs> and for him, he had, all right, he had five, count them, five number one albums out of the gate. So, like, never mind, like, the numbers. Five number one albums. At a time where rap music was selling as you know most, and where other you know genres of music were still doing well, sales-wise. Of course, now nobody does well sales-wise, hardly. But <clears throat> at that time. Yeah, um, that five number one album out of the shoot. And, you know, and again, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't part of like a machine either. I mean, he was, he was a Def Jam artist, yeah, but like at that point, you know, Wu Tang was a collective and was just putting stuff out and you know blowing up and you know bad boy had its moment in the sun where they were just putting out stuff and doing numbers and no limit of course and then cash money right but those are all kind of collectives they kind of fed on themselves. And for all intents and purposes, you know, you bought one album from the collective. You know, you were basically buying everyone's album. Right? Because those groups, those kind of label stables, like you could call them. I mean, everybody was, you know, guesting on everyone's album and all that anyway. But him. I mean, he showed up on other people's songs, and he may have had some guests on his albums. I don't know. But compared to other entities, I mean, he was, I mean, he had people he did stuff with all the time, yes. But he was still very much solo way. Right? I mean, you didn't, you didn't buy a DMX record with the expectation of hearing three or four other people. Yeah, and this was at a time where that's exactly what you did, right? You bought no you bought you know, you bought an album by anybody on No Limit. You knew there were gonna be multiple people from No Limit family on the album some way. Same thing Wu Tang, same thing Cash Money, you know, same thing Bad Boy, right? Or um Death Row when they were still going. Right. Right, and DMX, like I said, he could perform, right? Uh, 
better than most rappers, right? There are rappers who could write some really great stuff. Who sit down in the studio and just rap and it sound really good and they say some really profound things. But being able to get them on stage and just rock the crowd. And like this Woodstock thing, those those weren't necessarily people who came there for him. Right? It was a big festival and people were just there. Right? I mean people knew the songs because that's how big rap was at the time. But it's a safe bet to say a lot of people there didn't come specifically for DMX and yet you look out at that crowd and the way those people were going. Like, that's performing, right? And it's no coincidence that he got some movie roles out of it, right? I mean, the same way that, I mean, the same way that, you know, pro wrestlers who are really good at the performing aspect of it, you know, get acting jobs out of it. You know, same thing with rappers, right? A rapper who is really good at performing can often parlay that into acting gigs. And DMX did that for a while. And, you know, he's just, he's yet another artist that needs to be highlighted because unfortunately now his name doesn't come up very often unless it's about his you know addiction issues now last year he did the verses with a uh, snoop dogg and we were all kind of just rejoicing celebrating that he was still here and he was too um so now the story is now that you know he od'd and He's kind of in dire straits right now, and you know he's been fighting addiction for since he was a teenager. You know he's told the story about how he got hooked. It's really sad, uh, but it's just you know what addiction is no joke. You know when I was younger. You know, calling somebody crackhead was, you know, it was a joke, it was an insult, you know. And wasn't necessarily seen for the tragedy that it is. That's exactly what it is. You know, and he's 50 years old. Um, this, you know, addiction has just taken so much from him. I mean, with the abilities that he's shown as a performer, I mean, basically, he should be doing what Ice-T is doing now, right? Ice-T has been acting almost as long as he's been rapping. Or, well, not really, but because he started acting later. But, you know, Ice-T has been acting for over 20 years now. And, you know, DMX should be in that lane with Ice-T, with Ludacris. Um... You know, Cool J, Will Smith, he should be in that lane with them. 
where he should be. Like Ice-T is playing kind of the grizzled veteran policeman now. You know, DMX should be playing the grizzled veteran something, right? right that's what he should be doing now. Unfortunately, that addiction has robbed him of that. And you know, robbed his family of him, right? Because he robbed his friends of him. And that's what it does, right? I mean, whether it's, you know, crack or painkillers or some other kind of pills or whatever, or alcohol or, you know, I mean, you know, addiction steals from you. I'm sure any of y'all listening to this who you know, know somebody who fought it or maybe fighting with it yourself, right? I mean, you know, it steals from you. Unfortunately, it's stolen a lot from DMX. But this week, you know what? I'm gonna play his music this week regardless of the outcome. Because he, look, he was a, he was great at what he did. Most of our favorite rappers could not perform the way that he did, or the way that he could. Could not just connect with people the way that he could. So we should celebrate that, regardless of how this thing turns out. So here's DMX. Uh, play some more of his stuff, and then we'll be back. somebody misread or either um, or intentionally you know, misconstrued an Instagram post to somebody close to him and um, started running with you know and the next you know RIP DMX starts showing up all over Twitter 
and as of Friday morning here as I'm talking to you, there's been no like actual news story or anything saying that. So I mean, the prognosis has gotten worse. I'll concede that, but whoever people just uh, just irritating. <clears throat> but um, it's unfortunate. This this one thing that's unfortunate that we don't see enough of from people while they're alive with a couple of stories and videos came out of him not you know matching up with you know how he portrayed himself on his records and kind of public image right we have of him or you know of course like DMX is a stage name I mean was it's like being a wrestler almost like a lot of well, not just rappers, but a lot of, you know, sometimes singers, too, have basically what is a character they're playing, you know, in their music. Right? I mean, Lady Gaga's real name is not Lady Gaga, right? <laughs> I mean, um, you know, and, you know, Bono's real name is Paul Hewson, right? It's not the same thing. Or even though people call them by their stage name, you know, in regular life. Um, <clears throat> but in this case, I mean, you know, there's a video of him with his daughter on like an amusement park ride and him just kind of holding her hand as she got scared. And, you know, there's another video of him riding in the car with his goddaughter you know, singing a Taylor Swift song, right? And it's just so cute and so adorable, right? And uh, there was a story going around on Twitter about a lady who was on a plane with her daughter and just happened to be, like, sitting next to him and just him talking to her on the whole flight about everything, right? And he even ended up inviting her and her daughter to come to one of his shows. And it was a really cool story. And there have been stories about people just seeing him at a gas station or whatever, him being just like a really cool dude, right? And uh, you know, it's just, well, I'm speaking as a black man here. Uh, so often, you know, we have to almost over, well, we don't have to, but a lot of times we choose to just over-regulate how we display our emotions in public, and sometimes that's just always walking around looking like we're even keeled, even if we're upset about something or angry about something or sad about something or happy about something for that matter, and other times it's just kind of like sticking to the script you know like performers do and you know, like, I mean DMX is a complicated guy 
He's got a history with addiction that has no doubt affected him professionally and personally. Um, I said this before, addiction steals from you or anything else. Unfortunately, too many times it seems like the news stories that got out about him were all bad. And look, and not that he, you know, not that he isn't responsible for the, you know, choices he made, the actions he took that got him in the news for bad news in the first place. But. I wish that some of these other things got out. And look, I don't expect it to be. I don't expect him you know, at an amusement park with his daughter to be a news story, but a story that we share amongst ourselves. Yeah, should be more of those. Um, listening if I mean if you've struggled with addiction or someone really close to you has struggled with addiction then 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 you understand what what's you know what went on what's going on with him um, my will says black men we need to take the time to smile more in public we should um, unfortunately, there's often way too big of a penalty to be paid for us to show anger in public. But when we feel like smiling, we should smile more. Not fake smiles, but And, and, and no, this is not a thing to show that, see, we're people too. No. It's not about showing that we're people. It's about, it's about being people. And uh, I'm kind of rambling here. I am. I feel like I'm just kind of bummed out about all this. Um, and it, it sucks. And I don't know, man. I don't know. I mean, this is going like one of those things I would normally dump, but I'm not going to dump it, you know. Sometimes it's just better to let people see your confusion, let people see your not having all the answers. And this is one where I don't, it just, it just sucks. Because he, he's 50 years old. And 
it sucks that we're going we're probably going to get a million of these heartwarming stories about the guy because he really that underneath everything it, it seems like he really was a good guy or is a good guy and it just it sucks to see him still fighting this after all this time It really does. And, um, well, look, I, I got a million thoughts running through my head right now about this. And no real way to put them in together in anything coherent. Um, so just, again, I, if and when you have the chance, hug the people close to you, telling you love them, really do that. Um, and, you know, if you're listening to this and you've struggled with addiction, you're still struggling with addiction, you know, I love you and I hope that you get some victories in your struggle and it, if you have gotten some victories, I hope you keep getting more. Um, and I hope and pray that the people around you are a benefit to you in that struggle and not a detriment. And um, we'll move on now. Be back in a minute. show here to be honest because the official word has come out that he has DMX has passed away at 50 years old um damn shame um you know I talked about his career and all of that earlier um as somebody who is getting closer and closer to 50 
yeah, it kind of sticks with me here. And it's funny because to be honest, I mean, I was, I wasn't like a huge DMX fan to the point where I was like buying his albums and whatnot, but I mean, you couldn't help but be kind of pulled in by just the sheer energy and you know the, the way he performed. And um, like I was saying earlier, just from so many people's stories about him, it seemed to underneath, you know, even with you know, the different issues he had, that underneath it all, he seemed to be like a good guy who was just trying to be better. And, you know, there's going to be a lot of tributes and all that stuff going around. Um, And normally I do that here, you know, for a lot of different people. And I guess I kind of have done that in this episode, talking about different things about them. I guess what I'll add on is that he he started to kind of, he started ascending as I was kind of moving away from being a big time, you know, rap music buyer because I'm always I've never stopped being a fan but as far as buying albums and whatnot I was kind of starting to slide out of that as he was coming up but even with that I mean he was always somebody that when, when you heard him you you stopped and listened and paid attention right he had that kind of just personality and presence and energy to him as a artist as a performer and from all the accounts we're hearing from people who've actually met him and dealt with him, you know, he seemed to be that kind of way as a human being. And, uh, you know, there are videos floating around of him. There's one I saw him just geeking out like a fanboy meeting Rakim. And there's a video of him I saw this morning at uh, backstage. Like, he, well, he was kind of... Backstage of the concert, it was Lisa Lisa who got played some of her stuff a while back. But, um, no, him just again singing along, being like a fan, right? I mean, he's one of those artists who you know didn't live in like a gilded castle somewhere away from everybody, he really was like a man of the people, and you know, at this time. You know, play some of his music. And like I said at the beginning of the show, be careful. Because <laughs> if you haven't heard him in a while and you've forgotten, uh, yeah, you're in for a wake-up call. <laughs> but play some of his stuff. If you've met him, if you have a story, share it. You know? And, um, you know, if you're the praying kind, pray for his family friends his loved ones you know for get some comfort and uh, for the strength to carry on and for them to be just to take his memory and their memories of him just to take them forward and that's all we can do so um dmx earl simmons thank you for 
providing us not just with music but with you for these years and you know to all of you out there you know you get the opportunity hug your loved ones say I love you don't put it off you know as somebody who's you have to bury a couple of friends way too early you know say it while you can and fellas say I love you to your homeboys too seriously yeah, I mean, maybe I said that earlier in the show, or you know, sometimes I forget that I've whether whether or not I've recorded and kept certain things that I've said earlier in the show. But um, if I said it earlier, I'll say it again. If I if it's if I dumped it, then I'm saying it the first time for you guys. But yeah, fellas, man, tell your homeboy you love him, man. Seriously, don't 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 hide behind no exterior or nothing. And um. Cherish the moments you have and don't look down on people's struggles, right? I mean, if you can't do anything to help them, the best thing you can do is be quiet. Because it, you know, it don't help nobody to be out here, you know, providing commentary and what have you. If it's not going to be helpful in any kind of way. And uh, with that, that's it for this week. So get vaccinated if you haven't been vaccinated. Not over yet. Just keep being careful out there. And to all, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and God bless you guys. Talk to you next week.